Pastor Mendel in my walk has been this, this simple thing that I like to call the secret sonship. And it really does start with this verse. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the truth of God. So that's what we are. You know, there's a lot of talk about identity today, and that's really, really important. But one of the and one of the secrets of the kingdom is that there is no greater identity than we be called son or daughter of God. There's no greater identity in the whole world. There's no greater accomplishment that you can achieve than this: that God loves you so much that he just didn't make you a, a, a creation, but, but through his way, that, that he, he created a way that you could actually become a son or a daughter of God. I don't you know, that, that's just phenomenal. It's, I think it's the highest identification that a person can have from Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, in, fact, it's, in fact, even for Jesus, you know, the thing that he was called the son of God, he was called the Son of God, and now we are called sons and daughters of God. That isn't just a label. That is a reality of identity that you need to learn to live and walk in. You see, you know, when, when the Father affirmed Jesus and confirmed Jesus as Messiah, he referred to him as a son, to I'm well pleased. The phrase, my beloved son, you know that that phrase is even higher than the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Because you see, those expressions, those, those King of Kings and Lord of Lords, are actually an a, a earthly identification of them. But my beloved Son, that comes from the Heavenly Father. That's actually a, a divine perspective. That's a relationship with the Son, uh, with the Father, to be called Son. And that's what you've been called Son or Daughter. That's our label. You see, that's not only the starting point of everything in the kingdom of God, that's actually the finishing point of everything in the, God, in the kingdom of God. Sonship through the reality of the born again experience. <clears throat> Psalm 91 verse 2 says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. You know, when we read that verse, we think that David is saying there's a, a great place of protection, and that's true. But there's far more to it than that. There are actually two realities here. There are two things that he's talking about. He's talking about being a refuge and being a fortress, and those are two different things. You see, a refuge is a place of security and rest. Refuge is a place that you go to hide. And fortress is a place of strength and authority. It's a place that we fight from. And so here is a simplest, I guess, lesson you can learn, that I've learned in the sonship of life. Is that in Jesus Christ, I have a place that is a fortress and a refuge as a son of God. So what does that mean? That's what we want to talk about a little bit this morning. You see, what is the refuge of sonship? The refuge is that place of hope. <coughs> Of rest, of security. And, and you know, this is what I've learned. That you know, when I'm doing well, that, that when people are praising me, when, when I look into their eyes and I see them encouraging me, and, and when it's all going on, that's wonderful, but I can still run and hide in that place of sunshine. 
that refugee statue. I keep saying, yes, Lord. You know, they're, they're happy with what I'm doing. They're, they're happy with me. But you know what? The Father was already pleased with me before I did anything. Yeah. And guys, you know, this, this is such a reality. This is such a reality to live from. You know, I found this place where, where, where everything is going well. And everybody's singing your praises, and everybody's happy with you, and everybody's looking at you, and something special has happened. You know that there is someone who already loved you. Before you ever did one significant sort of thing. A father in heaven who looks on you with delight and pleasure. Someone who has pleased with you before you did one single thing. You know, and, and, and because, you see, I want to stay out of that place that stronghold of performance. And to do that, you get into the place of sonship. You get to know the refuge of being lavishly loved regardless of your performance. And you get to know actually yourself in that place. See what great love it says. The Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. You are sons and daughters of God. And finding that place in the good times is wonderful. There's such a great place of security, of love for us, of strength, just to know that you've been loved. You see, you know, the Christian life is not actually about something we do. The Christian life is not about anything we do. It's not just another thing to accomplish, not just another thing to take off the line. The Christian life is this, that God so loved you, that, he, that God so desired you, that he made you the way that you are, so that you could move from a state of just being a created being to becoming a son and a daughter of God, with God's nature inside you. You see, the, the goal of Christianity is every day to be lavishly loved. To be lavishly loved as a son and daughter of God. You know, and it's a place to go when things are good. But it's also a place to go when the pressure is good. You know, in those times when, when, when things just seem to be coming against you and and, and when everything, there's opposition and there's criticism and, and nothing seems to be going right, the thing to do then is run to the place of refuge. Now, of course, it's a little bit easier when things are a bit harder to run to God, isn't it? It's so much easier to do that when things aren't going well. It's the return to that place of refuge and sonship and say, yes, Lord, you love me and you receive. Whatever's going on outside, whatever storms are in my life, whatever accusations are being made, I come to this place of refuge and I just know the love, the acceptance of God. There's no stronger place in you to live than living in this place, to live in this security, to feed on this, this place of refuge that God would be with you. You know, and it's so important that we build this into our lives when we're good. When, sorry, when things are going good. You know, for many of us, what we tend to do is, when things are going well, 
we kind of remember God and we, we come to church and we kind of worship Him. But we let other things happen in our lives. And then when things go bad, we try to rush into God and draw something out of it and out of Him and out of that place. I want to tell you this morning that we need to learn to live in that place of refuge while things are going well. Learning to feed on the lavishness of the love of God. Because in a sense, you build a secret history with them. You know the intimacy of them. So we go into this place and, and things are going, and there's confusion in our mind because things are going bad and, and people are making accusation and, and, and you know you, you can barely think straight. You go into the place and you know because you've learned to hear the voice in good times. You hear that wonderful voice of the Father in bad times. And he says, I'm here. He says, I love you. He says, I care for you. I'm with you. So we need to learn to build in our lives a secret history of God. Not just when things are going bad, but when things are going good. Build an account, if you like, a bank account of experience and encounter of how good God is. Just learn to be in that place of feeding upon His goodness, being overwhelmed with Him, just being in awe of His glory and His majesty. And as we do that, we, we learn new levels of living in God as a, as a refuge. But not only is He a refuge, but He's also a fortress. A fortress is a place of strength. It's a place of authority. It's a place to attack from. In 1 John 3, 8, the very same chapter that we've read from this morning, where God has lavished his love on us and he's made us sons and daughters. A few verses down it says this, the reason the Son of God came was to destroy the devil's work. You see, it's the sonship, living as a son or a daughter, is not just a place to hide, but it's actually a place to fight from. It's actually a place to do battle from. It's actually a place to see victory, Lord, not only in your life, but in those around you. It's a place to see the kingdom of God being extended. It's, it's what it's all about. All the temptations that came against Jesus began with a challenge to his sonship. The enemy started with that. He started with it. If you are the Son of God, turn these loaves and these rocks into loaves of bread. If you are the Son of God, then throw yourself down here. See, the enemy will always challenge the idea of sonship. Because if you lose your identity as a son or daughter of God, then you lose your, your place of authority. If you lose your identity as a son of, or daughter, you will forfeit your place of authority. Because that is a position of power. If you want to learn to move in the supernatural, learn firstly and foremost what it is to be a son or a daughter of God. Feed on that place, and naturally out of that will flow the revelation of, of how to heal people and to see the power of God work. You see, I'm not in this world to just act as a believer. I'm not, I'm not in this world just to act as a Christian. I am in this world manifested as a son of God. And, and you, know, you, you can't fight your battles on the basis of a belief system. You can't fight your battles on the basis of, of a belief system that you just try, if I believe hard, if I believe hard, if I believe hard, it's going to be better, it's going to be better. It's not. You just can't try to believe more. You just can't. You've got to live from this place of being a son or daughter of God. 
because it's the place of identity. It's the place of authority that will release you into new levels. Fighting from the fortress of, of your sonship. And I, and I hope it's already clear that when I talk about sonship, I'm talking about sons and daughters. As I said yesterday, you know, in the Bible, woman of sons, men of bride, the bride of Christ. So we just both got to get over it, okay? It's just, it's just one of those things. You see, you have authority because you have been placed in the person of Jesus Christ. You have been placed in his relationship with the Father. And that is where you're fighting for your faith. You're actually standing in a place of authority through what Jesus Christ has done for you. And as God the Father has lavished his love on you and he makes you a son or daughter. So you see, I don't come at my battle, uh, come in my warfare trying to believe, trying to work out faith, trying to make it happen. I step into the fortress of authority as a son of God and see it release. Jesus has invited you into the very same relationship that he had with the Father. Think about that. Into the very same relationship that Jesus had with the Father. That is what's available to you. This is what it means to be in Christ. You are actually invited into the love relationship that Jesus Christ had with the Father. You are invited into his righteousness with the Father. You've been invited into his authority and his confidence in the Father. That's why it says you are seated in heavenly places. That is not a doctrinal principle. That is a spiritual reality that you can live from today and live out of. My authority is linked to my identity as a son. It's, it's not just some belief system. You know, the, the earth isn't crying out for believers to rise. Romans 8 19 says that, that creation is crying for the sons of God to be manifest. For the sons of God to be manifest. You know, it's a reality. Do you realize that? That all of creation is out of focus right now and is, is, is in a sense dysfunctioning because the very essence of the key for creation to function properly is missing. You know what that key is? Sons and daughters of God living in their identity. That's not some future event, that's now. Creation is crying out for the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God to believe the word of God, to walk in their identity, to step up and to see this world change, to bring heaven onto earth, to release the authority of God into situations, to bring clarity, to restore the things that were lost at, at um, the fall. You know, there's a lot of beliefs out there, a lot of moral codes out there, a lot of religion out there. So how do we make any difference? The one thing that makes us different from other religions than any other idea, than any other person exercising any kind of level of belief is the fact that we are in a relationship. You see, it's no problem if you go and say to someone, hey, listen, I talk to God. People are okay with that. What upsets people is when, they, when you say to them that God speaks to you. 
That's a whole different ballgame. And that's what relationships are all about. You see, when we're born again, we're not just born into a belief system. We're not just born into a, a whole lot of behaviours. We're actually born into a relationship. We're actually born into this fortress of sonship. And the earth, it says, the scripture says, literally groaning and travailing, waiting for the sons and daughters to be, and daughters of God to be manifested. How great is the love of God in the Lord Wow. How great is the love of God. Just think about that. How great. How great is the love of God. Jesus. He lavishes it on us that we should be called children of God. Sons and daughters. And that is what you are. See, sonship gives you access. It gives you authority. It gives you confidence. I have four children, and three of them live different ways, but my two sons are now both married and live out. When they come in to our house, they come wandering in and basically head for the refrigerator. Yes. <laughs> it's like a homing beacon, you know, with. Um, Pigeons and straight to the refrigerator, and they have access to that. And they come wandering in, and they, they there's no kind of worry about it. They don't have to ask permission. It would be nice if they asked permission, especially if they something that I was looking for today in the day. But yeah, that's another story. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They, they move in and they take hold of it. Why? Because they know they're a son of the house. They, they know they can get away with it. You know, if a total stranger came wandering into my house, or passed me and walked to my fridge, There'd be an issue. <laughs> We'd be having a discussion, you know what I'm saying? Because you see, sonship gives you access. Sonship gives you authority. It gives you confidence to fight any foe. Because why? You fight from the fortress of sonship. You're not fighting on your own. You fight because you're daddy's kid. There's this amazing video of a movie about this line cut. It's a Disney one, and, and in the movie, the lion could kind of go through life doing all sorts of stupid things. But at one point, he's down on the, the, the um, no, sorry, it wasn't the lion cup, it was a bear cup. And he's down by the water trying to catch fish with an incredibly lack of success. What he didn't know is that he'd been stalked for the last little while by this mountain lion. And so in the movie, the mountain lion starts to move towards this little bear. And the little bear looks up and there's, you know, kind of, I mean, it's all, all real bears and things. So they're trying to, but it gives you that impression of fear. And so the little bear starts roaring, kind of going and roar, roar the pools, and the mountain lion's still getting closer and closer. And all of a sudden, the little bear standing up on his back, and he goes to roar again. But instead of being a little roar, there's this huge roar. And the mountain lion moves back, and the camera spins around, and there's this massive, full sized bear. And the mountain lion retreats. That's you. That's you. You're the little cup. Some images of some of you may not have had about yourself, but because you see, we have a partner who is standing behind us. And when we step into battle, 
We have a Papa who comes with us to fight. We have authority. We have authority to step into the fullness of what God has because you are not just a believer. You are not just a servant. You are a son or a daughter of God. And that is what I'm calling you into today. I don't know where you are in your duty, but I can tell you that I have found this absolutely simple secret. There is a place of rest. Uh, it's a place of rest from your labors, from striving, from external opinions, from, from even your own personal analysis. And it's called sonship. It's placed beyond that, that place of performance and striving. You know, I've learned the secret that you can hide yourself in the Lord. Another psalm says, My soul finds rest in him. Salvation comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He's a rock. He's a fortress. He's a refuge. And it's learning to, to run in that place of rest in him. To learn to find that place of security in him. To hide yourself in that place. What is that place? It's a place of love. It's a place of acceptance. It's a place of pleasure of the Lord. It's a place of favour of you know, even when God brings correction, it's good to your soul. There's not ever condemnation. And even when God speaks to you, know, when God speaks to you about something that's in your life, that's not just to tell you off. When God speaks to you about a certain thing in your life, that is an opportunity for breakthrough in that area. God never ever just speaks to you and just say, hey, listen, I'm really tickled for you. You should really, really try harder. You know, he's doing it as a point of breakthrough because he's inviting you at that point to step into something new. Because that's God our Father. He's never looking to just tell you off. He wants you to be transformed day by day, minute by minute, into the glory of Jesus Christ. You see, I found this place. You know, you see, I, I used to think that I, I could get there by, by performance. By, by the, the things I could do if I just prayed more and if I strived more. And, and, and you know, but there was always a sense of not quite making it. So maybe if I just prayed a little bit more. And, you know, I, I used to look at the saints of old and think of what they gave up and, and, and all the striving and, and, you know, just, and really what it ended up with was spiritual frustration. And then, in and it was just like waves, even as I think about it, just waves and waves of his presence just rolling over me. The love of God, the, 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 the glory of his goodness. And it was just like I can remember just laying on that floor, just hours of just his presence. I think I went through a spiritual detox as I encountered his goodness and just his presence and just becoming aware of how good he was. You see, sonship isn't made based on discipline or words. Sonship is based on one thing. How much the Father loves us. How much he loves us. His love is lavished. That word lavished is basically a tsunami. You know that? God is actually looking for ways to bless you, to touch you, 
to overwhelm you with his goodness. But we so often miss those opportunities because we fill our lives with so much more. And there's a place of rest that we can live in. There's a place of rest that you can make from all your works, from your analysis, from yourself opinions, from other people's opinions, from shame and from striving. And it's a place of God's lavishing love. And you know what? The less you feel that you deserve it, the more you because he just wants to love the hell out of you. And as you learn to live in this place of refuge, this, this place of undeserved, incomparable, unparalleled love of God, you, you not only learn to live in a place of rest, you also learn that it's a place for me to It's a place of, of authority. You know, we, we have the opportunity in our, in our church and in our ministries in our church to cast out demons from time to time. And, and it's okay because it's in the Bible. And it didn't actually stop in the Bible, it's finished Bible, which is interesting. But anyhow, there are several things that the demons will often try to do to resist you. And the first thing they will often do is change your authority. And then they'll try to frighten you. They'll try to make you impressed. They'll try to make you think that they're more important and bigger and larger than they are. Actually, I was just thinking before, with one of our missionaries, uh, when Kim's got a Bible college and she's planted in Jakarta, she was with us a couple of weeks ago and she was talking to me. We were just talking about it and then she said, oh, yeah, she said, it's just been so annoying when they're up in Borneo. She said, it's just so annoying. She said, I'm preaching the gospel. She said, the demons are manifesting, there's blood pouring down the walls. And I think, come on, guys, get over yourselves. You know, I said, I really just ignore the boundaries of the gospel because I know they're so ineffective. I thought, wow, come on. Wouldn't it be good if some of us were down like that? You see, because we so often focus on, you know that you get rid of darkness? You know you get rid of the light? You turn on the light. You don't try to rebuke the darkness, you simply turn on the light. And what is the light? The light is the lavish goodness of God. At Easter camp a couple of years ago, there was a young lady there that was um, manifesting demons and going on for quite a while and the leaders of their youth group had probably couldn't, couldn't cast the demon out. So went to one of our leaders, or probably to our leadership of our youth group and said, can you come and pray for her? And one of our leaders walked in, took one hook to her, got down on the floor with her and embraced her. Just held up. And they didn't pray, just held up. And within a couple of minutes, they didn't want to pray. It's the lavish love of God being manifested. See, we focus not on what He's saying, we focus on what He is saying and how much we love Him and what He's doing. See, it's all about His place and His righteousness. And it's from his place of his authority. It's in his name. And when we speak in his authority, we see the divine room. We see sicknesses room. We see breakthrough. It's a fortress of faith is actually his sonship. And it's us learning to live in his sons. He has made me a son. What could be better than that? What could more could you want? What could be what higher identity? 
The secret of sonship is learning how to live from that place. It's a place of life for us. It's a place of power that the Son loved us so much that he lavished on you this position of sonship that you might be called a son of God. God is one that's walk in that place. Do you know that place? Do you know do you know that you've been born again? Do you know that you're a son or daughter of God? Have you learned the secret of God being your refuge, of God being your fortress? Have you learned to rest in the place of absolutely being loved, absolutely approved, <coughs> absolutely received? Apart from the words, it doesn't matter what you do. He loves you. He receives you. That's what he's calling us each one to experience. And as we learn to experience that again and again, that is spiritual growth. That's what brings transformation. He to learn to be a refuge as a son, and your <coughs> refuge as a daughter. Do you know that place of intimate security, of power, of authority? Because it's in that place that the works of the enemy are destroyed. One of our, our ministry directors for evangelism who sees people here consistently down the streets all the time praying. You say, well, Fatu, how do you do that? How do you see people getting healed pretty much two or three times a week, if not every day? He says, oh, it's easy. He says, I live in a place of rest and I minister to the Son. And out of that place, the authority of God is manifested. And God wants each one of us to live in that place. That the, that the Father loved us, that the lavished his love upon that we might be called the sons of God. Let's stand, John. Can I have a wish to you? So I want to ask you today, where are you? Where are you with us? Firstly, do you know that you are a son or daughter of God? Do you know that you've been born again? You may be here as a guest of someone this morning, you may not have heard a message like this before, but that's the good news, because it's not just about Christians. The Bible says, for God so loved the world, he sent his only begotten son. He did so and so every single human being, and it doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done, who you, how unworthy you may think you are, God actively wants to embrace you this morning to become his son of the world. And I just want to invite you, if you, know, if you don't know him, that this morning your relationship can start with him. And it is a relationship. A relationship that is as close as any human relationship. You may be here this morning, you may have strayed like the prodigal son who ran away, who made bad choices. And this morning you've come you're here. I want to tell you, this morning the invitation it's not about change, it's not about what you've done, it's about who you can become. Yeah. It's who you can become. And this morning is the opportunity for you to become renewed in the freshness of Jesus Christ. So I want to actually ask you this morning to be brave. If you don't know Jesus Christ, if you don't have a relationship, if you cannot say that you see that you are a son or daughter of God, I just ask you to raise your hand this morning if you're here.
Let's just pray, shall we? Father, we thank you today that your love has made a way for each one of us. We thank you that that way is the person of Jesus Christ. And today, Lord, we come to you in our identity as sons and daughters of God. Father, we thank you that you're offering every single one of us that opportunity to step in that again. Father, I thank you for the spirit of adoption that is over this house, that these are sons and daughters of God. And Father, I just pray your blessing over them. I just pray your blessing over them right now. That Father, there will be a fresh impartation, just a fresh impartation of being a son or a daughter of God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I want to give you the opportunity also this morning if you feel that you haven't been walking in the fullness of your identity as a son or a daughter of God, if you've allowed the enemy to rob you of some of that. You see, Jesus said, I came that you would have life abundantly. And while part of that can be financial wealth and all that kind of stuff, the essence is it's about abundance in our spirits, abundance in our soul, walking in in an identity of freedom, of hope, of empowerment, of encouragement, of knowing the fullness of God. And I just want to, we would love to pray with you this morning. And so if that's you, I just want to invite you to come down now. And we just want to be able to lay hands on you and just stand with you as you step in to a new level of being a son and a daughter today. So if that's you, can I just encourage you just to come down now as a team of worshiping. We just want to pray for you. Oh.